It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What is going on, Jets Nation? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller Simone, coming off Thanksgiving holiday year. I hope that you guys had a tremendous, a happy, and a safe Thanksgiving. I do want to apologize, first off, uh, for no mission briefs this week. Uh, just way too much stuff in preparation for Thanksgiving going on, so I do apologize for that. There will also be no After Dark this evening, unfortunately. Although there was some plans to possibly have an After Dark tonight, uh, unfortunately. Um, because of so, so, some stuff that I got to do. I know, I know. Poor Kevin, he is just, he, he, he's just incensed. So he need, he needs that after dark, but uh, we will probably put put something together. I'm definitely shooting for another after dark for next Friday. Um, we'll we'll see what uh, what schedules lie as we start to get into the the busy holiday season, which uh, eats up a lot of time real quick. So first off, let me introduce you to my All Star Squadron. Kicking it off directly to my no, that's 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 my 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 left. There we go. Jimmy the Reaper Jardine, ladies and gentlemen, uh, from, from his top secret bunker back uh, back in Idaho. And just below him, we've got the man, the Hold myth, out here, man. the legend, coming from his base just outside Atlanta, Mr. Kevin Spotty Blackman Jackson, <laughs> rocking that really cool black Jets t-shirt right there. Mm-hmm. I'm totally jealous want one of those. And tonight... We got a very special guest who's going to be joining us with also a very special announcement. Chaos himself joins the show, Mr. Jeremy Cravat, on location in San Diego. Let's go around the table. Jimmy, what's going on? Oh, just hanging out, man. Ready for another episode? I got some Homer takes tonight, boys. I got some (laughs) Homer takes tonight. We can't wait. Kevin, talk to me, bro. What is up? Tonight's a good night. Hell I guess yeah. we're, we're round table right now, but Zach's back, man. Yeah, um, yes, sir. We are definitely going to talk about that. Yeah, but I, I kind of expected that, right? But I guess uh, the longer that we kind of go, the more I really start to think that we should be kind of self scouting, right? So the most, so the, the most of what it is that we probably will be talking about for the remainder of the season will be how some of these young guys and how some of the pieces that we have on the team fit with what it is that we're trying to do and then you know what what are the priorities with regards to uh the the positions that we have to fill in the draft and uh maybe you know we'll discuss a few free agents i i kind of hope we don't do much in free agency but we'll talk about that later yeah we won't touch too too much in free agency because again it's still going to be it's still a little bit early to kind of touch on on all of that but i'll tell you one thing it is going to be freaking Awesome. We gotta have some fun with the light agenda that I got going on for tonight. Let's kick it over to Chaos. Chaos, what's going on, bro? You got an announcement you wanna make, so I wanna I wanna tee you up, my friend, to get your announcement going. And then afterwards, uh, I got a little promotion right after you are all set. Go for it, my man. The floor is yours. All right. Good to see everybody. Just digesting my turkey. Did some thinking this break. I had a lot of time to think. Eight hour, nine hour drive. We had the whole week off. Um, and you, you, you ready for this? You ready for this now? 
Rock and roll. Let's do it. Do it, bro. Do it. So a lot. Most of my work online lately has been on the Frankie from Flatbush channel. It's been really fun. We had a show, Calmness Beats Chaos. That's how I got the name Chaos. But now I am breaking off so we can each go our own creative direction. And one of the things that I wanted to do is I want to cover the Jets, but I also want to allow um, space for the NFL as a whole, as an entirety. Um, because I think that all Jets fans are football fans and there's other topics um, we can talk about. And, um, I always think that all those different topics out there affect the Jets, right? I can connect everything to the Jets when something's going on in the NFL and how it affects us. Um, so there would be a channel called, and it's coming, um, and I'll start pushing it out, um, NFL Chaos. That will be the name of the channel. Um, it's starting from scratch. I'm going to build it up. But um, I, one of the things I will do is have all the three of you gentlemen will always be invited. So there'll be lots of streams, lots of opportunities to make videos and collaborate together on my channel as well. You're always welcome to that, especially if it reaches a new audience for you guys and for what you guys are doing. Love it. Thank we appreciate you. That, man. We, we appreciate yeah. that. I'd be happy to. Like right. Heck yeah, right on. I like, I, like, I like what you guys did on that show. I like what I like what like what you guys did on that show, but I really am excited about you know your your new direction right now. Like, it's, it's going to be a lot of opportunity to, to kind of stir some uh, you know stir some pots. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. we go. There will right be no calmness to tame the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> chaos is running rampant everywhere. That's good. That's what we listen. You know what? Chaos makes the world goes round. I don't care what anybody says because you want to know something. Sometimes you just need that little bit of chaos to make sure to, to keep balance and order. So that is tremendous news there, Jeremy. Thank you again for, for jumping on with us tonight. Do have a, um, a kick-ass time tonight. So because I'm looking forward to getting to, to getting some of your takes. That's exciting news. Definitely would love to collaborate with you in the future to uh, definitely get that thing up off the ground. All right. So now, Jets, Texans, this week, the return of Zach Wilson at NRG Stadium, baby. This is the week. HoustonJetFans.com. If you have not gotten in, right there, baby. That is the website you need to go to right now. Get yourself some tickets. Miss Alexis Gepner is spearheading a tailgate for HoustonJetFans.com. This upcoming Sunday, tailgate's going to be in the blue lot. Go to the Weapon Top Facebook page. Go to Houston Jet Fans Facebook page. Get all of the information about the tailgate right there. There's going to be food. There's going to be drinking. There's going to be opportunity to mingle with other Jets fans. It is going to be awesome. Uh, they have a bunch of different things going on. We are super excited to help promote this thing. It is time oh, yeah. for you guys. 11th hour, man. If you haven't gotten your tickets, go now. Get those tickets. Let us turn NRG Stadium green and white and this game into a New York Jets home game. Represent your team. Boom. This is the time you need to do it. If you are going on one wrong game this season, this is the game you need to go to. Hands down, no questions asked, point blank, period, the end. Any questions, give a shout out to Miss Alexis Gepner. She will hook you up with whatever details you need and she will walk you through the process. Be sure to also go and follow and like HoustonJetFans.com. All right. Guys, we got a game to talk about. We got a game to talk about. Unfortunately, the game was uh, not great. Uh, Jets fight, but they fall short to the Miami Dolphins 24-17. A couple different uh, questionable calls. 
I talked to, that that were popping up, especially in regards to some time management. Uh, there was a couple of penalties that were out there that that we were all just like, "What the hell is going on here?" There was a pass interference penalty that didn't get called. Then there was a a, a, a phantom block in the back that didn't get called. And there, there was some other garbage that got called that they call, actually called it on the wrong person. But Jets getting bit in the ass again with bad penalties coming in the fourth quarter. Comeback fell short. Joe Flacco looked okay. He was serviceable. But I still think that, in my opinion, we probably could have threw a pinata out there and we probably would have gotten a better result. So let's go around the room. Because I'm very interested to get everybody's takes on the game, everybody's thoughts on the game. Jeremy, we're going to kick it off with you because you're our guest. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. After you're done, we'll kick it over to Kevin. And then, of course, following up the rear, Jimmy the Reaper Jardine. Jeremy, go for it. At this point of the season, the thing that I'm most interested in week to week is going to be Zach. So, um, there, But it's not like we don't have players that we're watching. There's still, of course, quarterback is everything. It's the key to the future to me. You have to have a quarterback. So uh, that's what I get the most excited about. That's why I'm so excited about this weekend. But the last game, what I obviously, I'm, I'm sure you'll all agree, I was really excited about um, Elijah Moore because he's another guy that I really think could be a very special player for this team. In the past few weeks, he's just getting better every week, and he's we're starting to see what he could be for us. And um, I don't see a ceiling yet, so I don't know how special it's going to be, but I know I'm already really excited that, that he's that he's a New York Jet. Um, and also, I thought that Michael Carter, you know, even though he got hurt, I'm really excited that we have real RB1. There's a long road of, of, of improvement for him. He's just a rookie. And we've seen, you know, you could look at guys like Mr. Henry on uh, tennis, you know, how he evolved as a running back and from where he started. And when you think about the starting point right now of Michael Carter. So I was excited that we were at least competitive in the game. We had Joe Flacco as our quarterback. Um, I think Miami is better than their record. They've been playing better lately. Um, and to me, the key was, is, you know, of course I wanted to win, but we were competitive. So I, you know, I chose to take a lot of the positives out of the game and um, I'm really excited about what's going to happen when, you know, now against Houston and another team where we could, we should definitely be competitive against and should definitely be able to beat, but now we have our starting quarterback and I want to see him to start taking those real steps forward and proving to us that we made the right choice. Awesome. Realistically, I think Jeremy, that, that, you know, a, a lot of that is, is kind of where it is. I think that we should be um, as, as rational, you know, kind of, uh, Jets fans and, and followers of the team, right? Um, with regards to Miami, um, I, I, I made some some posts earlier before the game that I thought that Joe Flacco could probably put up really you know good numbers in this offense if he did what it is that I would expect that he would be able to do. And I'm, I'm not going to say he blew the doors off of anything, but if you saw, you know, part of what it is that we expected for him to do, he did. You know, he he showed poise in the pocket under pressure. I mean, he completed some passes. Yeah, it wasn't obviously it wasn't enough. And, you know, to, to Jeremy's points, there were a whole, you know, myriad of other things that were kind of creating problems for us during the game. But the outcome, kind of what it is, it was what I kind of expected that it would be. Um, I thought that we could win, but we lost that game, right? And that was obvious, I, I, I think, and in, in, that's part of why it is. I, I'm just going into this next game. Um, I really think that I'm going to temper all expectations and really just focus in on some of the small things. And and 
I've been rah-rah all season, right? Thinking that the the, the possibility for us uh, as a team to grow and to, and to really, you know, really kind of make this huge indelible mark on, on the league this season. Obviously, it hasn't happened that way. But uh, what it is that I would expect going forward is really for what I thought we would start the season looking like. I kind of think that's what it is that we're going to start getting now, right? Um, you know, the, the injury to Michael Carter is difficult because I think that really what it is that we're trying to kind of see on offense is the emergence of our, 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 what, our triplets, right? Our big three, our quarterback, our receiver, our running back. If we've got, you know, really good guys in those positions and, and, and we have what I think is the future of what our offense is going to look like, then obviously that, that's a foundation I think we, we, should, we should all feel good about building on. And, you know, I think by the time we get Michael Carter back, that might just be about the time we'll start seeing uh, Zach settle in. I don't think Zach is going to come into this game against the Texans acclimated to what we are hoping that he's been learning and building on in this time that he's been out. Um, it's going to take him a couple of, you know, a couple of games, a couple of reps, a couple of hits to get it together. But with regards to what I would expect, I would expect to see him kind of settle in. I would expect to see him try different things. I would expect to see him fail at certain stuff. Um, but I actually do expect to see him round out a little bit. By the time Michael Carter gets back in, with, if it is uh, two to three weeks, um, I think we're actually seeing all three of those guys going into the beginning of next season firing on all cylinders. I, I, I kind of really have a feeling this is going to be pretty. Um, I just don't want to say that that's what I expect right now. I just I kind of want to let it unfold that way. I'll go ahead and say it. I think this is a get right game for the New York Jets. And I think that we're going to finally see Zach Wilson in the offense that has made our backups look the way they look. And I think that's a big part of it that a lot of people are forgetting is LaFleur completely changed the game plan for the New York Jets over the last four games, five games. We're going to see Zach Wilson be able to run that. And we're also going to start, now we're going to see some arm strength and we're going to see some mobility in that role. I want to point out that over, when you think about whether it's Mike White, whether it's Josh Johnson, whether it's Joe Flacco, what you also have to remember is the New York Jets lead the NFL in yards per game. I think right at 435. And I think second place is right at about 400. So we're not, bad at moving the ball we got to finish we got to execute that's for sure but now we're going to see all of that starting to fall into place so just some of the irritating things like i saw one article that said that the jets loss to miami was a brutal loss i think that's an absolute ridiculous take it was a competitive game a close game some calls here and there i'll, I'll never be one to blame officiating or anything like that but i think that we showed a lot of heart but but on that point, you know, how the Jets have ran this offense the last part of the season, you have to understand that the common denominator is the game plan. That's three different quarterbacks that are now running this offense successfully. And I think what Zach was able to see against Miami is a very blitz-heavy team and how Joe Flacco was able to handle that pressure. So Zach Wilson can gain a lot from seeing how calm. I honestly think that we're going to see some pretty special stuff moving forward. My final point on it is everybody is so intent on seeing the negative, on seeing like how bad the Jets defense has looked or this or that or whatever. What people aren't remembering is right now, we have four candidates that are have legitimate chances of making a Pro Bowl this year. And they're rookies. Elijah Moore shot at a Pro, at a pro Bowl wide receiver spot. AVT has been one of the best guards in the NFL. Michael Carter, the injury is probably going to hold him back from, from a lot of the accolades and the slow start 
from that previous offense we were running. But Michael Carter, put a possible perennial Pro Bowler right there. So is Elijah Moore. Michael Carter too. That's, That's the best saying. corner we have on this roster, if you think about it, because the nickel and, and corner consistently ranked high. Yeah, it's for as good as Bryce Hall is, and I'm not knocking Bryce in any way with this, but Kevin, you know as well as I do, a nickel corner is the hardest cornerback role to play. And I couldn't do it. I was was on the outside when I played. But that's the hardest spot on that field because you have so many roles that you have to look at on each, each and every play. And Michael Carter, too, consistently is a solid piece in that. So, I mean, yeah. we're looking at four potential pro bowlers on this roster, and we did not have that last year. That it, that was not the case whatsoever. So, I guess people can be doom and gloom if they want, but the positives are there, and I'm just hoping that this game finally shows it. I have some thoughts about this Miami game. For the most part, you know, I was, I was somewhat pleased with what the defense uh, did, uh, obviously only allowing 24 points this week. Uh, after giving up, you know, 45 in back-to-back games, 54 to the Patriots, you know, 31 to the to the Cincinnati Bengals, and, and pretty much, you know, a lot of a lot of things. I know Guy Fisher. I can't wait to see him in the comments where you know fire Jeff Albert now. This game, believe it or not, versus the Miami Dolphins, the Dolphins did some things that I felt like the Jets were prepared for, and they also did some things in which I thought that the Jets were not prepared for. However. I do have to say I was pleased with the offense, the way that they were moving the ball. Joe Flacco, again, okay. Not great, but okay. Um, Ashton Davis coming up with a pick, which was awesome. You know, and the Jets finally getting points off that turnover, which was a good thing to see. But, you know, Michael Carter getting hurt kind of sucks, especially going into this game. Uh, Hopefully... We'll see when Michael P. Ryan now get peeled off the bench and actually inserted into the starting lineup. I got into an argument earlier in the week with Kevin Robbins and uh, uh, um, I believe Peter Vasquez. I think I could be I could be wrong about uh, about that name, but um, there there was some people who decided to chime in. It was like I, I'd take anybody off the practice squad over P. Ryan and so on. So it just it just turned into a complete mess because. Obviously, there are, fan, there are fans out there that are not, you know, sold on Michael P. Ryan, and rightfully so, because, I mean, the kid's only got 60 snaps to show. He was only the best running back in camp, you know, going in until he hurt his foot. He was out for three weeks with a foot injury and has, has so far seen the field for one play, which basically was supposed to be a mystery, but he ended up having to play pass protection because otherwise Mike White would have gotten his blind side lit up by a corner uh, a cornerback coming in on a cornerback blitz. So, but I digress. I saw some things in the Dolphins game which do make me feel a little bit more positive about the direction that the Jets are going. However, we still didn't get the result. This was the type of game that I expected the New York Jets to have pretty much the majority of the season. Where you're in the game, you stay close to the game, you're fighting within the game. You're giving everything, but maybe you just don't have that opportunity for a kill shot in the fourth quarter. Maybe you make a bad play, which costs you the game. Maybe you just can't get that critical stop. And you just can't figure it. The kids have to learn how to put teams away in the fourth quarter. And this was the type of game that, again, I was hoping that we would have seen a lot of these 
throughout the course of the season instead of getting our doors blown off the past few games. That being said, us going into the Texans, they're coming off a big win in which the Tennessee Titans right now, a lot of people are seeming to feel like um, that Derrick Henry, that they're a Fugazi team because Derrick Henry is hurt and now that team can't seem to piece together a win. So the Texans are going to be looking at us at low-hanging fruit. And, you know, I, I, I actually saw a couple of tweets which kind of made me chuckle a little bit because, you know, this is the season where we now start talking about college football playoff position, etc., etc., where the winner of this game will actually end up being the ultimate loser because they'll lose the second overall pick. To me, I think it's way too early to start looking at the draft, start looking at draft positioning. You still have seven, you still have another seven games to evaluate players, and that's really that should be that should all be on anybody's mind, not the draft. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. Don't like it? Tough. Okay? You shouldn't be talking about draft. It doesn't matter what your team's record is. You shouldn't be talking about the draft. Period. Because you don't know who's going to declare, who's not going to declare. You don't know. So I just think it's stupid to talk about the draft. So, that being said, going into Houston, we get the opportunity now to start seeing what Zach Wilson has actually learned. With the month, healing from the injury, being able to watch the offense through a different set of lenses, how much of it have you absorbed, and can you execute said offense now on the field? And I'm looking forward to that because we're going to get to see seven games of hopefully Zach Wilson showing us why we should believe in him as the number two overall draft pick. And those are my thoughts. So, real quick to the comment, Stenberg, a get-right game. The Jets are in the gutter. One game won't help them get right. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to Kevin Jackson and Kevin Jackson only. Cheers, courtesy of your number one fan, Jeff Stenberg. So, I'm sure that'll make Kevin smile. That's approaching creepy at this point. I'm Um, saying, like, uh, I don't even know how to respond. Good looking out, Jeff. uh, (laughs) Happy holidays, bro. (laughs) All right. So, before we start uh, diving into this Houston game, we got a couple of segments I want to get through. So I'm going to turn the floor over to my man, Mr. Kevin Jackson. Kevin, who do we have in the spotlight tonight, my friend? Zach Wilson. We're not really talking about anything else right now. Who cares? I know CJ doesn't like the fact that I would prefer at this point to talk about the draft, but I'm not necessarily talking about, <laughs> you know, all we should target such and such guy. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm really just more interested in um, the depth at each position. There's going to be from what I understand and just from what it is that I've looked at, there's going to be quite a bit of talent at positions that, that aren't just needs for us, but are going to require, um, you know, maybe some, some, some unique attention, right? Um, look, I, I, I was of the mind that we should spend at least one of the first, one of the first round picks on an offensive lineman, but you know, realistically we need a corner. It, 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 it's, it's, it's so obvious right now that we have other spots. We need linebackers. We need them like yesterday. And, uh, you know, the, the more I want to talk about right now is just talking about, you know what? We need linebackers bad. How many linebackers are available right now? Boom. Let, let, me, let, me, let me get back to the, to the point. Zach Wilson. We're talking about linebackers because we want to be able to plug holes around Zach Wilson. We're talking about cornerbacks because we want to be able to plug holes around. Zach Wilson, there really isn't anything else. And, and, and I, I'll start this again just by kind of reiterating what it is that I originally said. Um, I don't think he's ready. 
I think there's too much to assimilate all in a short period of time for him to be able to say, you know, I went and I've watched Mike White, you know, against Cincinnati 947 times. I can tell you down in distance, excuse me, I can tell you what, what the chick had in, in the background on that third and nine against, but, you know, I'm telling you right now that you're going to recognize maybe some attitude adjustments that he's needed to make. The reality of this is that Zach Wilson needed this time to grow up. And stop needing somebody on the sideline to hold his hand. Yeah, you got John Beck there, but, you know, allowing, you know, Mike LaFleur to go back up into the booth has been a big deal. Jimmy makes a great point. It's been night and day with how it is that he's called plays. And I think that with him being on the sideline and needing to burp and, and, and make that gets his pacifier back from being able to focus all of the nonsense that we had to go through at the beginning of the season, you know, some of the additional changes to 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 what Matt, uh, excuse me, what Mike LaFleur is going to do with play calling, what it is that we're going to see now from, you know, some of the players on the sideline who now have an opportunity to kind of do some more things and, and, and be a little more productive and a little more prominent in, than what it is that we saw early in the season. The, the spotlight, come on out. The, the spotlight would probably, is, I'm probably going to kick it locks in position because it's going to be on Zach until, you know, until we actually get to the beginning of next season as of right now. What is he going to do? How is he going to respond? How long is it going to take him? And how good can he really be? In the spotlight this week, I'm sorry if it's, the, if it's lazy, guys. I mean, but, I mean, is there really anything else to talk about? I agree with you 100%, Kevin. Um, the rebuild cannot be impacted more by the results of Zach Wilson and what he develops into. It's just obvious. It's a positional thing. Look at the value right now in the market of a Deshaun Watson. Look what teams are offering. You, see, you can see the value of a quarterback. Even if they're in legal problems, whatever's going on in his life, there's still NFL teams lining up. And look at the draft capital they'd be willing to give to have a quarterback. And that gives you the importance of Zach Wilson being the right guy. Because Zach being a bust versus being a great quarterback, we know the value of that and what it takes to get a great quarterback just by that. The only way you can get that much value from any other position is if you happen to have Joe Douglas and you happen to be fleecing Seattle with a, with a safety who can't catch or defend the pass. But um, not everybody has a JD that can have a team like Seattle that's fleeceable. So what I'm looking for is for all the things we're doing, for all the moves we're making, for all the building we're doing, so much of it rides on Zach Wilson. <clears throat> Nothing would damage our rebuild more than if he failed. We took the hit with Lawson. He might not come back the same, but we still could build a future even if he doesn't. Becton could never come back the same. But if Zach's the right guy, we could still fill in pieces and build a future if it doesn't work out. And if it works out, great. We took Zach out of the equation. Where are we? How do we fix that? Right. So I'm looking at Zach every week. And, you know, I've said it from the beginning. It has to be the right piece for this rebuild to work. I completely agree. And I think that it goes into what I've been saying the last few weeks about Mike White. Everybody says, let's see what he's got. Let's see what he's got. No, we have a $35 million decision that we have to get right with over the next couple of years before it becomes a 30 million plus dollar a year decision. The fact of the matter is like with, with the white thing, I was always saying that if it was down between Zach Wilson and Mike white, Zach Wilson needs to be out there. We got to see what he has and we have to see him run the offense and Flacco being able to execute the offense. Granted, he kind of looked average. He didn't look superb at, at any point but he didn't look bad at any point either i think that that holds value if you take out the covid protocols and everything like that and flacco is still ready if he's good to go i would say give flacco a game but that's because flacco has objective on-field experience that zach can learn from not a fourth year player that was a backup for a year and then a practice squad player 
not a knock on Mike White. It's just the the hand he's been dealt. But I don't think it it's a problem for Zach coming back at this point. I, I think it's a much bigger, more important need to determine who he is than a backup quarterback that cost us $850,000. Kevin, for me, this was the perfect guy to put in the spotlight. This was not lazy in the slightest. This is the guy who we need to step up to actually prove once and for all that he is in fact the future, that he is in fact the hope that the New York Jets have moving forward at the quarterback position, at the playmaking position that you need, that general, who's going to be able to grab everybody by the balls, rein everybody in, and say, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to throw, we're going to run the ball down the other team's throat, point blank, period, the end. Zach Wilson is going to get the opportunity to show exactly what he's assimilated, what he's absorbed over the past month, looking at Mike White, looking at Josh Johnson, looking at Joe Flacco, whatever. Okay, I don't care if he's looking at Captain Kangaroo out there, all right? As long as he's going to be able to go out there and properly execute the offense, and most of all, and this is where kind of like maybe... You segue a little bit into the Michael Flores show. Michael Flores' happy ass needs to stay up in the booth. Period. Take the pacifier out of Zach's mouth. Throw it in the trash. No more binky. Take the diaper off. Give him a, give him a box of pull-ups. Here you go, big guy. Done under your uniform. You're a big boy now. It's time for you to step up and play big boy football. It's time for Zach Wilson to go out there and actually play the game. Show people why you were the second overall pick in the NFL draft. Point blank period, the end. Don't give me this garbage about, oh, well, the timing is off and I can't do these things and I'm, I'm, I'm learning how to throw short passes. Go execute the game plan. Take what the defense gives you. We already know you got the cannon for the arm. We've been saying it. This, we've been saying this at the beginning of the season. The kid can hit the three like nobody's business. But can you be Patrick Ewing in the paint? This is what I need from you, and this is what I want to see this week against the Texans. And I want to see what we learn from here, build off from here, as to what we're going to see in the next six games after this past Sunday. That's it, Kevin. Bravo. I don't think it's I don't think it's all Zach Wilson. I think that was probably Sala and LaFleur babying Zach Wilson. I don't think Zach Wilson was on the sideline being like, Mike, where are you going? LaFleur, where are you going? I think that they probably were handling him with a little bit too much kid gloves. So I, I, I don't think I could put a lot of that on, on Zach. I think that the practice field is where he needs to work out those that short mm-hmm. passing game accuracy issues that he's had. It's such an easy problem to fix, and I think it's just being it's being made a molehill's being made into a mountain over that. I'll, I'll wrap this up by saying, if you've ever had a kid, or even just had a kid in the room, right, and you're getting and you're watching this kid that's crawling, learning to walk. If you've ever if you've ever had that situation happen, or have anything similar to that full unfold in front of you, you notice. That when somebody's there watching, it affects how they perform. Like sometimes the kid, they'll he start, they'll, you know, they start laughing or they start playing, then they want to play. But then when you're not watching, that's when you'll see them put to pull themselves up and stand and swing. Mm-hmm. That I think is is why it is that it was necessary for Michael Floor to get away from him because Zach Wilson is looking at Michael Floor saying, <laughs> "I'm getting to stand up." 
I'm going to stand up. You see me? Right? You see me? I'm going to stand up and, and, and could never get up. So now Mike LaFleur goes up and says, you know what? If you're going to get up and stand, get up and stand. But as soon as you stand up, I need you to hit this 15-yard out for me. And I need you to do it quickly. I need you to do it quickly. That's what it is that we should have had happening earlier in the season. I think the, the, the fact that he got injured is, is, you know, it's a big deal, obviously, because we never want to lose time to injury. But I think this was an opportunity for him to really just kind of look at it from, I got to pull this pamper off right now. It's time to ball. And as I'm looking around, I'm seeing all of these veteran guys ball. And this is where it is that I want to be. This is what I'm here for. This is when he says, all right, it's time to get going. Let's go now. I've watched. I've seen. You know what? That was helpful. I saw. You know what I saw? I saw how Joe Flacco was able to handle the zero blitz effectively. And I have it on tape. I've watched it a hundred times. I've seen, oh, this guy's coming, that guy's coming. When I see this, this is where I go. Now I just have to be able to recognize it quickly on field. I can do that this week. Let's go. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take mm-hmm. a little, it's gonna take a little time, but real talk. I, I I think Zach Wilson is is uniquely capable of of really actually playing a combination <clears throat> game from everything that we've seen over the course of these past few weeks and actually be so much better than that i'm expecting us to, to break point uh scoring records i really am i'm expecting us to break scoring records if 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 michael carter ends up being who it is that i think that he is is a special special running back elijah moore if you if we can get some help with regards to a tight end i don't know guys i'm seriously of a mind that zach wilson if we can actually get some of these other guys to play to the level that we've seen them play, I think 40 points a game is, I could be a home run. I'm kind of off my rocker, but I, from this small sample, I think it's going to be really hard for, for any team to stop us offensively when these guys really put it all together. All cool. right. So, all right, so um, are we getting ready to go in the, we get ready to go in the office? We are getting ready to go in the front office where Jimmy Jardine behind the green wall, so to speak, to Talk to us about what's going on. So, Jimmy, as I cue you up, have a seat. Who do we have in the front office? So, what do you have brewing from the desk of Jimmy the Reaper Jardine? We are putting Joe Douglas and Flacco in the front office today. And the reason for that is because this is what you wanted to see before even week one came around. Should it have happened before week one? Yes, probably. But one of the things that we failed to remember is during the time where Joe Flacco was making his decision on whether to stay in New York or move on, Sam Darnold was still here. We were still dealing with what was going to happen with the number two overall draft pick. There was a ton of stuff that was just so up in the air. Philadelphia came by and, and they said, hey, we don't have a whole lot of confidence. We'd like to have you over here. And that was an opportunity for Flacco to, it didn't work out that way, but that was an opportunity for Flacco to essentially grab a starting role in Philadelphia, which is what he wants to do. I never wanted Flacco as a stand next to him on the sideline mentor for Zach Wilson. Flacco's not built that way. He said as much and you got to, you got to respect it. You don't have to like it, but you got to respect it. We didn't know what the statuses were going to happen. We're going to bring, we didn't know what we have in white. We didn't know what we have in Josh Johnson. We needed some form of a safety net Flacco was there and the, I mean we can just be honest for a sixth round draft pick there are a lot of worse quarterbacks out there that we could have got we could have got somebody that didn't have a Super Bowl win and Super Bowl MVP we could have got a guy that didn't have 40,000 passing yards we didn't have a 61.7 percent completion rate somebody who didn't have 225 touchdowns to 144 interceptions we could have gotten a lot worse 
So if Joe Flacco may not have been the answer that you wanted, but he's the answer that we needed. And I think that given the opportunity that Flacco had, you know, you, you talk about the COVID protocols, he's not vaccinated. Mike White came up with a positive test, I guess. Flacco was deemed uh, a close proximity person, so he was put on on the protocols as well. If he was, if that wasn't the case, I'd be more than happy having Joe Flacco take another game, because this is exactly what Jets Nation wanted from the start. And it's, it's kind of a short in the segment, but this is also a justification of how Joe Flacco handled that Miami defense, which is very blitz heavy. They come at you from all sorts of directions, and Zach Wilson even just having one game under that sort of pressure, it showed him a lot of how a vet would handle a game like that. And I think it's incredibly valuable. So that's pretty much all I got. Just everybody needs to chill and relax. This is going to work itself out. Um, The last point on that is the one argument that I've always gotten. And this is what I actually want to get the panel. I want to get your perspective on. Why is it that everybody is, the only argument they have is, this isn't a long-term fit. Who said it was supposed to be? I'm not saying sign Joe Flacco for the next nine years. I don't care about that. I care about getting him on the field, getting Zach, seeing a Super Bowl winning vet do his thing for however long that is. The difference between Zach Wilson sitting behind somebody like Joe Flacco with all those stats that I just laid out and sitting behind Mike White with zero NFL game experience until this year is night and day. And if you can't see that it's night and day, then you're not watching the same game. I'm going to be real quick about this also, because I, I think that not only did you you say it very well, but all of my additions to it would just be me randomly cursing about why it is. Why was this a thing to even begin with? Like, why was this even a thing to begin with? Um, look. Well, the Jets, Jets just didn't have an answer in the offseason before Flacco made his choice. I mean, that's... Well, no, kind of where we're at. But but no, yeah, Flacco himself said, you know, he wanted to play. He wanted to be a starter. Sure. And and, and uh, I don't think that they were ready to make that, you know, determination at that point because they felt like, you know, we, we went to Zach's pro day. We were there. We saw, you know, what it is that mm-hmm. we needed to see physically from him. And they kind of wanted to ride with it. I get it. But the biggest contribution to this team that Mike White has made in his, the entire time that he's been here is the film that he laid out for Wilson to watch after that Cincinnati game and some of the Colts games. The biggest contribution that Josh Johnson has made since he's been here is that film that he laid out, you know what I'm saying, um, in in the game that he played where where he racked up 300-some-odd yards because, again, it gives a different perspective to the one person that really needs to have it. The biggest contribution that Joe Flacco is going to make here, how in double he touches upon Zach Wilson, it doesn't make a difference how. I mean, exactly. if, if, if it's just him sitting in the locker room and processing film, you know, properly, Zach should be like, you know, <laughs> like, well, what, what's he got going on over there? Because to to, to Jimmy, just phenomenal point, the 40,000 Super Bowl MVP. We know who Joe Flacco is. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, excuse me. We know who he was. We know what he's been. We know how he's gotten to this point in his career. But we also know that that the majority of that career was was at a much higher level than than mostly took him to the port. So if Zach Wilson wants to have anything at all um, mm-hmm. in common with that guy, he should, you know, he should, you know, take advantage of what it is that he has. But the reality is, is that Joe Flacco isn't here to be the franchise guy. Joe Flacco isn't here to win games and, 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 and things. Joe, Joe Flacco isn't here to mentor. He's not even here to mentor Zach. 
He's here to just be. That's and all he needs to be. Period. So yeah, and it's, it's not and it's not like Joe Flacco's sitting in the in the quarterback room, and they're looking at film. And it's not like Joe Flacco's telling Zach Wilson to kick rocks if Zach comes up with a question. It's not like that. Don't ask me here. <laughs> Get away from me. This is my job. <laughs> it's not like that's happening. Obviously, Flacco is going to be like, okay, well, this is How what I saw. How do we know that that's uh, not is, happening? Though, you know, because, check out you know. this play. You see what you did there? I would have done this. I think it's just that Flacco didn't want to be seen as a mentor. He didn't want it to be, it to be known yeah. that that's where I am at my career. I'm just a mentor guy. I'm a guy who still wants to play. Doesn't mean I'm not a guy who gets along with the other quarterbacks in the room. Doesn't mean I'm not a guy out and answer his questions right. and, and be his friend and want to help him get the best out of himself. Look, my explanation, like how why when I first found out Flacco was starting in that game, like because uh, we were going both ways, people were mad. But why not watch my my band? And my understanding was, and I think you touched on it, Jimmy. And the way I saw it from my eyes was, here's a quarterback that's the most like Zach in that. They that Joe Flacco is a quarterback who could throw short or can go long and deep. Whereas he got to watch Mike White and Johnson dump the ball off and do a lot of dinking and dunking because that's what the defenses gave them. Mm-hmm. But when you saw against Buffalo, they they took away that. Mike White wasn't a guy who can then say, okay, they're not giving me the short stuff he wasn't able to go deep into the secondary right because he was throwing picks it's a little harder to do Flacco gave the opportunity to show Zach here's if because this is what we need Zach to be if you're a tool if you're not a limited quarterback if you have to adjust to what the defense is giving you so if they're giving you the short stuff do what White did just take it all day if they're taking the short stuff away then use your talent and your off script Mm -hmm. and your ability to run and go downfield and do that and that was the guy who Zach got to see that was most like him, a guy who can do anything that was needed or, you know, adjust to whatever the defense was not cheating towards. Yeah. So if Miami cheated, to- cheated towards taking away the short game, Flacco would go deeper. If they, if they tried to take away the intermediate to deeper game, Flacco would go shorter. And that's what Zach is going to have to know how to do. I, I right. think he got, to, he got to see some of that with, with John with Johnson in the game. If, if you kind of go back, you'd have to watch that game. I, I think really to kind of recognize that Josh Johnson probably physically is a little bit more in line with what Zach is capable of doing here. I think that again, what Flacco, what Flacco's edge was, was in that, that veteran ability to read and process the defense and get the ball out quickly, because that I think is part of what maybe Josh Johnson doesn't do on that level. Even though Josh might actually have a liver arm, we did see him stress the field a little bit. We did see him, you know, complete some downfield passes. I think that is the beginning of what it is that Zach needs to recognize. But being able to quickly recognize when to pull out of that and be able to drop off, that's what it is that I think that, you know, um, Joe Flacco is probably more uniquely suited than than any other backup at this point in time that we could have had, yeah? I mean, who, who Josh Johnson's you? physical abilities combined with Joe Flacco's sure. brain. That's what exactly. the – that's what it's going for. Exactly. 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 <laughs> All right. So real think, quick, before, before I give my two cents in, Jeff Stenberg chimes in, Jimmy hasn't been right about anything ever. And ever is in caps no. with exclamation points. So thank you, Jeff, Bro. for your contribution. Bro, you go back. Stenberg, go back and delete uh, that comment because you know that ain't even close to being on base. <laughs> I just want to sit back and just watch the fireworks. Not even close. 
Uh, well, look, as far as, uh, out of here. As, far as Joe Douglas and that Joe Flacco is concerned. That take was That's what that was. <laughs> as far as Joe Douglas and Joe Flacco are, are, are concerned, yeah, I could understand. Oh, he put down big facts. Wow, shots fired right here. Yeah. <laughs> Leave him alone. Wow. Jeff with the, uh, the Molotov cocktail right in Jimmy's lap. Wow. So, look. Joe Douglas, Joe Flacco, great front office segment. Totally agree with your points about Joe Flacco. I mean, look, we tried to sign him, uh, you know, at the during the offseason. But he wanted to go to Philly because he felt like he had an opportunity to start there, given all the question marks behind Jalen Hurts. So, you know... Um, Mike Bonet mm-hmm. was in was in the comments a little while ago saying that he thought it was a panic move, giving up a six round pick. I mean, yes and no because I really don't think that the Jets actually knew what they had in both Mike White and Josh Johnson. For me, you guys know how I felt at the beginning of the season. I had tempered expectations. I wanted a vet, so for me to see a vet come in for them to get a vet, regardless of whatever point in the season, whether it was early, whether it was middle, like what happened because of injury. The only thing that I was more concerned about was having Zach being able to observe the NFL game in the NFL speed and be able to process it a little bit so that way we can kind of properly develop him. Because what's been the biggest knock on the New York Jets, right? We don't properly develop a quarterback. We're a quarterback meat grinder, right? People come here and sign contracts to fail. They go great to other places, right? And then they come here, they sign a contract, and they don't do jock. They do lots when they get here, right? So Trumaine Johnson being one of them, Darrell Reeves 2.0 being the other one, right? So, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many mm-hmm. different things where when we take a look at the New York Jets organization and New York Jets history, that, it, that all of it becomes low-hanging fruit. This, to me, I don't feel like it was a panic move. I feel like it was the right move at the right time. Okay, and regardless of however Mike White did, regardless of however Josh Johnson did, and regardless however Joe Flacco did, at the end of the day, if this is a development year, the only thing that's important is the development of Zach Wilson, who we had in the spotlight tonight. So to me, if Joe Flacco is going to contribute some sort of knowledge, regardless whether he wants to be viewed as a mentor, babysitter, diaper changer, whatever, ball handler, uh, who, who cares, you know? pacifier, washer, and dunker, or whatever, whatever title you want to give Joe Flacco, all right, he was here, he served a purpose, he got paid, he's being paid for this particular purpose, and that's it, so they're turning the reins back over to Zach Wilson, we're not going to see another quarterback take the field other than Zach Wilson, barring catastrophic injury that's going to end up sidelining Zach for the rest of the year, God forbid, Jeff Stenberg, back in the, back in the chat, Trade Jimmy to a, New, to a New York Giants podcast for a 12-pack of White Castle burgers. Wow. <laughs> Done. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. So, all right, guys. Now, uh, I think it's coming up against it. Time for you to skedaddle there, my friend. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, go for a walk with the wife. Nah. Enjoy. <laughs> No, nah, that's, that's cool. That's dope. cool right there. Listen, real quick, why don't you give out your give out your social media information so that way people uh, people from Weapons Hot know how to get a hold of you, can follow you, can interact with you, and, and again, give us more information on that YouTube channel that you're going to be starting. 
Okay, it's uh, just at Jeremy Cravat too, um, and the name on Twitter is Jeremy Chaos Cravat, but uh, it's at Jeremy Cravat too. Um, I am again, like I announced earlier in the show, I'm just starting it out to zero subscribers. Maybe you three guys could go over there, even though there's no content, and be the first to sub. Um, it's it's uh, hell yeah, NFL Chaos. Two words, NFL Chaos. And uh, you'll know you're in the right place if there's only uh, if there's like no to f- zero to four subscribers and there's a picture of the New York Sack Exchange or a part of a picture. That's how you'll know it's you're in the right place. And um, I'll also I'm also on Saturday <clears throat> next week. I'm going to be uh, 11 o'clock a.m. on a show called Jets Worldwide with Green Bean. That oh, yeah. nice. So I need to um, get on there. I got to I got to reach out to Green Bean. I got to get on that on that show, too. Yeah. I can get on with Bean. I want to get on. That sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> Green Bean's awesome, dude. I love I that guy. All right. Me, 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 me and Bean came up right about the same time. I think Bean's probably like 15 minutes older than me. <laughs> <laughs> All <But> right. That, <laughs> gentlemen, thanks Thanks for so much for having me on. It's all, Anytime you need an extra person, just let me know. I'm always happy to come on. Absolutely. Thanks, you know you have the open invite, my friend. Good luck with the new channel. We can't I'll wait to promote it. Go enjoy uh, that that time with your wife. Thank I you. All righty. Take care, Jeremy. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Jeremy Cravat. Have a good time. Peace out, bro. Right, so, Jeremy Cravat, ladies um, and gentlemen, joining he, us while he goes and uh, spends some time with, it, with his missus. Uh, we are going to dive into the New York Jets-Houston game, which should be rather interesting. Again, I think we've... We've kind of been peppering in our segues a little bit to it uh, all throughout the show as we keep talking about Zach Wilson. So, Kevin, we'll start this one about you. What are you looking for uh, in the Jets versus Houston game coming up? And what do you hope to expect it is really probably the root question. And we'll go to you and then we'll, go, we'll circle back around to Jimmy and I'll finish it up. What I'm hoping to see is a much better unification of the interior of our offensive line uh, with the, with the you know, the extended play time now of Lawrence, uh, Lawrence Dubonnet Tardif, right? I think I, I think I, I think I saw some really positive things last week that leads me to believe that offensive line may, may no longer be the most pressing needs that we have to address going forward. And I'm excited about that. What, what I expect to see is uh, a lot more Ty Johnson. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm on the fence a little bit about that. I'm not sure if I'm really excited about that or if that's just just an, just an expectation. I think the guy can produce. I just, uh, you know, obviously I don't think that he's on the level of what it is that we are to expect from Michael Carter in that regard. So has the bell cow back, I think is a little different for me. I think uh, we'll end, it'll end up being smart for us to see some more Coleman and you know, to CJ's maybe point, I don't. I really don't see why we're not going to get any any more of uh, of the Michael P. Ryan um, if he is a capable back, especially at this time during the season. Like, is is it even worth us maybe even trying to trade him at a certain point, um, or you know, is it just you know is is he a lost cause? Let me let me not get too deep into that, but yeah, that's kind of where what what I'm expecting with regards to that. I'm expecting uh, or I'm hoping to see Zach come out and and play confident. Um, even if he does make mistakes, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting that he's going to come out and he's going to feel like, you know what I'm saying? I think I have an idea what it is that I'm doing. I'm going to go out and I'm going to, I'm going to sling it. And if he does that, you know, I think we'll, we'll leave out of this game feeling, you know, even comfortable 
Because, I mean, it, just let's keep it real. Even coming out of the Miami game, I think a lot of us came out saying, you know, we saw some stuff tonight. Yeah, we lost. But, yeah, we're not really expecting us to, to, to win any of these games anyway. Um, I think going forward, there are going to be some games with the expectation that, we, that we're going to win those games. Uh, because now we're going to – I think now we're going to see that, that, that the beginning stages of what it looks like uh, as Zach begins to progress here. I, I, my expectation is that we're going to – you know, when Michael Carter comes back, we're going to see it rounding out into what we can expect to see them do every week. Um, I do believe that that's what we're trying to find out right now. We're trying to find right now what it is that we can do well every single week um, because of the limitations that we have with regard to talent. It's going to be difficult to us to really flesh that out right now. Denzel Mims is really disappointing. Man. I got to say that because my expectation was is that we were going to see some splash plays not only from Elijah Moore but from him. I think that if those two were both kind of on the same level developmentally, I think we'd actually be looking at a completely different offense than what it is that we're seeing now. And I actually think that Corey Davis would become an afterthought instead of actually the default kind of, uh, you know, kind of belief of where Zach is going to end up going first and foremost with the ball. I think our defense is going to need to step it up really bad. If they don't, we're going to be in trouble. There's really that's that simple when it comes to them. I'm not even going to give any details. There's difficult ball at every single level uh, for this defense. I'm really not sure what to expect. It kind of depends on which team shows up. Jim, what do you think, man? I can see you make a great point about which team shows up, but and to piggyback off of that, I think the Jets team that shows up is the one that we saw in, against Cincinnati or against Tennessee. That's what I think. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Zach Wilson come out and absolutely shine. Sucks that Michael Carter is not going to be in the game, you know, but... I want him just as healthy. So if it takes two, three, four games, whatever, I don't care. He, yeah. Michael Carter has proven that he can be a number one running back. He can be a workhorse and make that guy healthy. And if it takes an extra game or two, so be it. But I think we have good enough depth. I'm with CJ on this one, man. Just put P. Ryan in the damn game. Let's see what we have. I'm honestly at the point where I want him on the field to show something. Even if it means he goes somewhere else, because at this point I've seen enough tape on P Ryan that if he can shine somewhere else, I want him to shine somewhere else. Period. If the Jets aren't going to put him in, if if Michael Carter blows up and and he just takes it takes over, you know, I I just want to see P Ryan on the field so we can either a get him game ready for us to be a bruiser that we know that he can be, or b get some kid that get the kid some tape and and let's build some trade value. One way or the other at this point. Um, I th I really think that the Jets offense is going to shine. I really think Corey Davis's drops, everything like that, that I've talked about at nauseum in the past, the 35% on target throw, drop percentage, blah, blah, blah. Those have been trending down for players like Corey Davis. I still think we're overlooking Keelan Cole. A at this point, Denzel Mims is an afterthought to me just because I don't know what is happening inside of one Jets drive. I, I don't put it on the coaches because there's something happening that we don't know about that is preventing him from getting on the field for any sustainable amount of time. So whatever that is, these coaches are brand new. They're, are, they're in the New York market. They're already coming under fire from the media and the fans. There is not a single possibility that they aren't putting the absolute best players on the field to, to help get a win. 
that's just not happening. So there's something going on there. And I'll admit the same can be said for Michael P. Ryan as well. But I just, we don't know. But I think that the Jets show up and I think that you could probably see Zach Wilson break that 400 yard mark. And I think he's going to drop three touchdowns called these these are my homer takes of the night but i think that with the way this offensive line's been protecting that ldt the laurent duvernay tardif that acquisition regardless i think pff misgraded his pass blocking i think they pressure they attributed a few extra pressures that he didn't do robbie sabo actually talked about it on jets x factor but i think that we had a New York City subway turnstile in there with Greg Van Roten, and now we don't. And I, I think that offensive line is pretty stout at this point. Not where I'd want it to be, but it's better than it was in week one. We week one through week five. Up. We finally get to see Zach Wilson in a real New York Jets offense. We finally get to see him with a functional offensive line. We finally get to see him with receivers that have now been catching the damn ball. Let's go. Yeah, amen to that. I mean, really. One of the things that I, that I want to see with the Jets versus Houston, just plain and simple, is this. I want to see, can Zach Wilson come out and can he functionally operate the offense? And another thing, too, you know, it sucks that Michael Carter is down, but I want to see LaMichael Piron get on the field for more than one play. If these seven game, these next seven games are going to be nothing but evaluation games where score doesn't matter, wins and losses doesn't matter. We need to understand and evaluate who we currently have on the roster, who's taking a spot up on the bench, who's on the practice squad, who's worth a damn. If we need to properly evaluate everyone in this franchise up up and down for the next seven games, then there is no excuse why every single person should not get some playing time over these next seven games. I don't care what the situation yeah. is. I don't care who the team is that we're facing. I don't care what the situation what what the situation may turn out to be. It's time to finally see what we've got in the goddamn cupboard. And enough of this where we're keeping guys out for personal reasons or we're keeping guys out because of professional because they're not acting professionally or whatever. If this is the case, give them a few snaps so they can generate some tape and then get them the hell out of here. Even if you get a bag of balls and a slightly used jock strap for them. <clears throat> if they're not going to be a part of this team's future moving forward, then get them the hell out of here. If that's going to be the fateful of Michael Pirine, yep. for Denzel Mims, for name your player. If that is going to be the fate for them, then get them the hell out of here. Point blank, period, the end. You have seven games to figure out exactly what you have on this roster, what you need to address next year in offseason in the draft, so that way, 22, this team can actually take a step toward actually being competitive on a regular basis instead of having a great game and five crappy ones. All right? Followed by another good game and then another five crappy ones. All right? I want to see Robert Sala be more of Robert Sala. Not what the public persona is of him. Not what, the, not what people are expecting him to be. I want him to be that pissed off, angry head ball coach on the sideline who is going to waste no time in putting his foot up somebody's ass when it needs to and doesn't give a shit about how many cameras are around. <laughs> 
That's what I want to see. I want to see fire. I want to see piss. I want to see vinegar. I want to see brimstone. I want to see passion. I want to see emotion. Show me that you care. That's what I want to see. We already know that the season's in the shitter. This was a development year. We knew this coming out of the gate. And stop it with these unrealistic expectations for this team. Figure out what we have here first. You got a bunch of you, you you got the majority of young pups that are out there cutting their teeth on live bullets and still wiping their nose with that Kleenex that their mommy gave them before lunch. Let them figure it out. They have to go out there and they have to figure it out. And if it means getting torched on back-to-back plays and they end up getting benched and you put the guy behind him in, then so be it. But see what you got on the roster first. Before we start with the whole fire uh, fire Joe Douglas, fire Robert Sala, fire Jeff Albrecht, fire Michael Floor, fire the fright crew. Stop. Enough. Grow up already. This is what rebuilding is. The reason why rebuilding looks like this is because we've been promised to fire rebuilding. The flight crew, they need to be kicked out. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't going to respond to that. That should be a no-brainer. Like, <laughs> the flight crew is amazing. Right? <laughs> you sit back and say, can you just imagine oh, sitting next to somebody that says that? Like, <laughs> like, what did you just say? And I need to start seeing more of Olivia Landis because this is just getting ridiculous. So, look, the, the, the bottom line is, is that if this team is going to use these next seven games for development, then I want to see people that we have not seen all season play. Which means if Denzel Mims drops five balls during the course of a game, he drops five balls during the course of a game. Then you know at the end of the year he's either getting cut or he's getting a boot in his ass. One of the two. Quick question. You remember that press conference Sala had a couple weeks back and they were asking him, because that was another thing. The fans and the media started exploding on Sala being fired up on the sideline. And they were talking to one, somebody asked him, I think it might've been Samini um, asking or if he's going to start, you know, yelling and screaming at some of the players that need it. And Sala's response I thought was absolutely perfect. And he says, we're all adults here. You know, I'll paraphrasing, but the type of player that needs to have somebody up your ass yelling and screaming at you. Right, then you don't need to be on the NFL roster. You don't deserve to wear the uniform. Right. Do you think that could be somewhat, is Sala giving some of these players just enough rope to hang themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that could be what's happening with the Mim situation or? Uh, I think that's, you know why? Because he, he actually said this wonderfully this week on a couple of different things. All right, and especially, I'm going to go back to the Rex Ryan, Robert Sala beef. And one of the big things about it was when Rex Ryan reached out to Robert Sala, and Robert Sala took his phone call and basically said to him, look, this is not the same old Jets team. We actually have a plan here. Fans are used to quick fixes, and then everything falls apart. And then you're right back to where you started from. We actually have a legitimate plan here in place, and we're executing that plan step by step. Because when, not if, He didn't use the word if, when it kicks over. That Jet fans are going to be pleased with the product that they're going to see on the field. They're going to feel confident with the product that they see on the field because it's going to be a competitive product. It's going to be a product in which is going to help us be a powerhouse in the AFC East. And we're no longer going to be a doormat in the NFL. He didn't say if, he said when. So which means that they're taking a deep dive 
through every single morsel of this franchise, straight up and down. And if you don't have a place here, and if you're not 100% committed to that mindset, then you're out. They don't care. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. It should have been for, from the word go. And this is the reason why mm-hmm. when people want to bash Robert Sala, then kiss his ass on the next statement, they say they want him fired, and then all of a sudden everybody's licking his balls the next statement. These fans with these takes on Facebook and on Twitter, they piss me off. They really do. Because it's like you have your head oh. so far up your ass, awesome. you can't see straight. All right, enough. Stop with the garbage takes. Pay attention. Watch some football. You want to be emotional and you want to put your emotions out there on social media, that's fine. But at least put intelligent points out there. Not this guy sucks and that guy sucks and the other guy sucks, but you don't give a reason as to why they suck. All right? So, so Or have a tangible plan to put in its place. Right. And, and, and the thing is, is that if Robert Sala does clearly have a plan, and Joe Douglas clearly has a, has a plan for this franchise going forward, the same way that we let John Idzik do it, the same way that we let Mike McCagnan do it, is the same way that we need to sit down, shut up, and let Joe Douglas do it. Okay? Because it, it, either things are going to get fixed, or they're both going to be out the door. And I would much rather... See, all of the suffering and all of the losing that we're going through right now, which gets us to the light at the end of the tunnel, right? That's something we talked about in the offseason. If all of this is going to help us get to that light at the end of the tunnel, then so be it. But whatever we got to do this year, if it means that in 2022 that expectations for this franchise is going to be higher and we're not looking at yet another development year and yet another year that we're going to be looking to develop this player and that player and the other player... That's a different story. All right? If this was year three of of, uh, of Robert Sala, then I could understand the fan angst and fire Joe and fire, and, and, and fire Robert Sala. The dude's been here for five minutes, and already you want him out the door. Listen, I'm going to put myself on blast, too. I've gone out there, and I've said some, some, some stuff about Robert Sala that I haven't been happy with the product on the field, that I haven't been exactly happy with Joe Douglas. I'll own it. I'll own the fact that I lost patience this year putting fo- putting posts on Facebook after we get our asses kicked but uh, f- 54 to, to friggin' 13 in a game in which it looked like the team forgot to uh, for- forgot to show up. And then on top of it, the defense week after week after week giving up 40-plus points. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've lost my it's patience. Difficult it's difficult to watch. It's hard to come up here every single week and have to find a silver lining or positives to take away from a loss. And then you're going into another game that on paper, talent-wise, the Jets should go in and smack. But there's a legitimate chance that we could lose this game. Everyone seemed to think that we were going to walk, that, that the Dolphins were going to walk in. Gordon Damer was saying it last weekend when I was hanging my Christmas lights outside. And I was laughing my ass off when he sit here and he said, I'm giving away free money. Take the Jets. The Jets are going to beat the Miami Dolphins next week. And I laughed. I laughed so hard I almost fell off the goddamn ladder. Because I knew better. Come on now. Even the low-hanging fruit are looking at us like we're low-hanging fruit. And when, when you're a bad team, you're going to make bad mistakes. We saw the Lions in Thanksgiving, all right, versus the Bears, right? All right, when you're a bad team, you're going to make bad mistakes. And they absolutely kill you. You got to hope that you limit the mistakes 
and you take advantage of the other team's mistakes. So hopefully against Houston, Zach goes out and throws for 400 yards and three touchdowns, he said. Okay, who knows? He's done it. I'm not saying he's not possible. I'm just saying I'm hoping that the... He did it in a bad offense with bad O-line. So I'm hoping that he doesn't fall victim to dropped on him at all at once. No, it's a simplified thing. They the, For the first five weeks, first five games, they had him looking outside deep to inside short. Like, that is such a long progression when you're not letting the outside develop but seeing what's underneath you first. That was what the problem was. You can't hold – the offensive line can't hold up to that. If you're waiting to see what your downfield receivers are going to do and then your reads come back down to the short that's already now being recognized by the defense and covered – that's a big problem. That has changed now. LaFleur has these guys looking uh, short inside to outside I'm, deep. What I would imagine most folks are going to going to expect. No, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as flawless football. It's another, it's another unfortunate side effect. It's another another unfortunate. Yeah, side ask effect. a Jets fan that CJ. Right? See, but that's, <laughs> that's the problem, right? Because look, no, that, Jet fans that, are the worst when it comes to that. If we only win by a few points, couple points. It's right, they're going to find a, find no, a complaint about that problem. too. Kevin, if you're asking me if, if Zach Wilson can come out and play the level of football that some Jets fans think he should, the answer is no. The answer is always going to be no. I don't care if we had Tom Brady from day one on this roster. It will that. never be good enough for some Jets fans. Not, not until. Throw until, for 500 yards, five touchdowns, and an interception, and the Jets fans will be like, that interception it, though. It's going to take AFC East champs to stop anything from continuing to be exactly what it is right now. It's going to it's gonna take no, a no, decade. No, no, no. It's going to take a Super Bowl Perennial win Perennial playoff appearances. Look, I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you this. If we go to AFC East Championship game and then we come back and we make we make the playoffs but we don't make it all the way to the AFC East Championship game, I think that begins to to, to nudge it a little bit. I, I, I'm not going to say you're going to have this this complete 180, but I'm going to tell you right now, being able to say to, to accomplish something like that, is really going to it, it? It's going to change the the narrative. It's even gonna it's even gonna it's even gonna like like be the sugar rush for knucklehead fans that really just need to go sit down somewhere. You know, what I mean, you you, you're, you hear me say this all the time. We're making bad decisions with how it is that we're being fans, like what we stupid takes and 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 knee jerk responses and reactions and stuff like that. It, it it's going to take a modicum of success to stop the majority of that from happening. And I say, mm-hmm. if one one time, if we get to the AFC East Championship game one time 30 percent of that disappears sure but i think for the fan base to go from throwing every misstep of every game under the microscope that's that's a decade of of the jets making the playoffs every single year so that way that hunger that's unfortunate side effect hunger that you talk about I'm gonna hijack your phrase, so that starts to fade away. But mm-hmm. that's, but that's the, being, the ultimate thing, all these all these people say, you, they see something bad happen during a game, and they're like, same old Jets. No, it's same old Jets fan. That's problem. That's what the issue is. This team is pointed in the right direction. And I need an applause button. I really is do. Set up for success. We do. We need, we need to get one of those. Yep. So make it, make, it, make it Jimmy's uh, intro music. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's I get guess, the hell out of here. I think Solid does a. I, yeah, I just think Solid does a good job of shutting down the outside noise for his team. So the fact of the matter is, Jets fans are always been hearing it for 52 years now. 
is trust the process, trust the process, trust the process. I get it. We're, we're tired of hearing that, but you know what? This thing is so different a little bit. Trust this process. Yeah. This process builds winners. Right. Well, that's the problem. Just deal with it and shut the hell up on Facebook. <laughs> Let's wrap it up, CJ. Thanks again, guys. Everybody that's been watching with us, we love you guys. Thank y'all for kicking it with us. Absolutely. Except for Jeff Stenberg. <laughs> Jeff, you're, you're, you're always going to be good in my book. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to Well, it. we got that Thanksgiving greeting, so thank you for everybody for being here with the exception of Stenberg. <laughs> All the rest of you are awesome. You, you, leave, you leave Jeff alone, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be to attack your white knight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. Oh, I can't. Always something on this show, let me tell you. All right, so this is going to do it for tonight's episode of Weapons Hot of New York Jets Fan Broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partners in crime on the other side of the glass, right there, Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman. Ladies, make sure you write that down in your little black books. Be sure to roll up in his DMs. I'm sure he's got some some exciting stuff for you. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and Jimmy the Reaper Jardine at Jets by Jimmy. And of course, as always, Weapons Hot is a Facebook page. Be sure to go there. Our content's up there. Hit the like button. Message us a message right back. We love going back and forth about this team. Also, leave us some feedback about how we're doing here on Weapons Hot. Also, Worldwide Sports Radio Network, go to their Facebook page, hit that like button. Okay, you can also subscribe every time a show goes live on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, you will get a notification. You can also do it another way. Download the app. If you have an Android, go to Google Play. Search up Worldwide Sports Radio Network and download that app. If you have an iPhone, go to the iOS store, search up WWSRN. And of course, at least... Weapons Hot is a YouTube channel called Weapons Hot After Dark, where we feature our uncensored content. Be sure to go, like, and subscribe. We're still trying to get to 200 subscribers. We've been sitting at 198 for the past month. All right? So, on every Tuesday night on Jets World, myself hosting a solo show called Weapons Hot Mission Briefs. Be sure to go and check it out. Shout out to Errol Mark, Speedy Petey, and the crew from the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We love you guys. Thank you guys so much. And for Kevin Spotty Blackman Jackson, Jimmy the Reaper Jardine, this is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone signing off. We will see you guys when we see you guys. Peace, love, go Jets. Happy bladed Thanksgiving. Please be safe this holiday weekend. Catch you guys next week. Hopefully talking about a Jets win. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.